you hire, you hire a project manager. Yes. And, and, yes. and I, I take it that she has a general con- contract. She's a general contractor background. Yes. Yes, uh, exactly. So she was actually, the way I started, I was like, I need a designer, a, not, someone that understands. Uh, uh, yeah, design, contract, uh, construction, some sort of experience in real estate so that she mm-hmm. can, she knows what to look for. And she was able to tell me things right. like, oh, you know what? I don't think this is done the right way. Maybe we need to do this or that. She was able I to see. give me some of that input as well, which was good because it was my first flip. Uh, so I needed some of that expertise from right. um, the actual construction part of it as well. Awesome, awesome. And yeah. uh, I, I, I take it that, uh, you know, that's additional cost on top. Yes, so I factored that in. This was a larger budget, right? Like $150,000, mm-hmm. uh, which I ended up actually only spending $100,000 on the work. Oh, nice. Because I, I cheaped out a little bit. I got like a, a contractor who was not, you know, like not the a general contractor. He was like, uh, what do they call them? Uh, like he wasn't licensed. Yeah, like a subcontract. Yeah, he wasn't licensed. Uh, like he didn't have licensed plumbers, electricians, any of that. We did not. Um, so we didn't. You know, it wasn't because okay, I got well, hired. We need to cut this out. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> because I, you know, because I was like, I, I don't know how much this is going to cost me at the end of the day. Yeah. I don't want to go with like this big budget and then like I'm out of money, out of pocket, like with yeah. the expenses. So I, I went with, you know, but he gave me a lot of headaches. So mm. my lesson learned is it's sometimes better to pay that little extra for the more professional contractors sure. who give you invoices. Like this person didn't even, he spoke Spanish. He didn't even speak very good English. And you don't uh, speak Spanish. No, I do not speak Spanish. Oh, I need well, to learn. So, so it was, so so that's that's uh summarize it and 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 say how how much money did you put in to acquire it did you get a mortgage on it yes so i again i did not know anything about hard money loans or any mm-hmm. of that i went and i did what i did with all my other houses which is my own houses i went and got a mortgage so um, on my name 20 mm-hmm. percent down and i got 80 percent financed okay um, so and fortunately, I had the funds because I have, you know, been saving and I use all my savings to put in as my down payment on the house. Right. So so roughly you're putting about one hundred and eleven thousand to acquire yep. and you put in another about hundred thousand for renovation. That is correct. And so your entire, you know, com- complete out of pocket is about two hundred eleven thousand. And this two hundred eleven thousand. Uh, thousand does it uh, like how does it perform like what's a cash flow look like and yeah performance? so let me tell you so of course there's no cash flow or anything during the duration of the project right, right. um i was doing nothing back there was also holding costs so like your electric bill yeah. all the like all the utilities all the insurance. insurance taxes all of that right that i had to um account for i did learn during that to use a credit card i got a credit card with zero percent for a year i got a couple of those i used those for the hundred thousand uh you know for the materials at least um my contractor wouldn't obviously take a credit card but um at least for the materials i was able to use that so i i kind of so yeah i mean all in um 550 was the cost of the house counting all the uh all these expenses even including the commission, the realtor commissions, mm-hmm. when I sold it, 
um, was 150k. Okay. So wow. okay. Yeah. So that was kind of the full thing. We sold it for 850. Mm-hmm. So when my broker told me 950 in the beginning, that was a stretch, right? She yeah. was trying to sell me on it. Yeah. But even then, we still we listed it for 900. We had to drop the price, uh, 50k. And I think that was partly because the the work that my contractor did didn't it wasn't up to par for that right. for that arv or for that factor. not that level basically. yeah not that level right mm-hmm. i think some of the things we cut corners maybe not cut corners like the cabinets i tried to reuse refinish some of the cabinets mm-hmm. i've done new cabinets so there were those kinds of mistakes and, and lessons right. that i learned so right. you know we could have sold it for 900 but we had to drop it to 850 so 850 all said and done um you know uh 550 purchase plus 150 costs. So I was 700 into it. Um, and 850 was our exit mm-hmm. price. So that was the 150 profit. Right, right. And and since you're do, doing fix and flip, uh, you basically have only one exit strategy at a time. You're not... I, I knew nothing else. I knew nothing about lease options. I mean, I knew rentals, but yeah. like, you know, the whole wrap I mean, or whatever. I didn't even... need nothing else. Even rental, it wouldn't work. I I don't think, right? The cash no, rental would not work at that ARV. No, because yeah. the rents were about thirty five hundred to four thousand. Okay. So that would not have worked. Rental would not have worked. But now, see, I had an interest rate of like three, three percent. Yeah, how right? much? And and I sold the house. I could have held on to it and done. You should have, right? With it, yes. But see, you should have just re, just just refinance. Oh. Right. Well, no. Why would I? I didn't have to refinance because I had the oh refinance to get more yeah yeah to yeah. get more out yeah 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 get, yeah, get your you cash out and you get to buy the next one and and so on. Darn right. it! <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean there's there's many exit strategy, but uh, you know apparently refi is not going to work in today's market in most cases, no. right? Because interest rates are much higher. You might as right. well just hold down to those low interest rate and those really low interest rate thirty year mortgages are becoming an asset right now. For you know? sure. Yeah. yeah. Debt is an asset. I heard that too. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you, you think of equity as the asset, but now debt, any kind of loan like that is an asset. So I yeah. sold that asset because that was the only thing I knew. Like, I'm going to flip this house. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to sell it <laughs> and I'm going to make the profit. But um, th- I mean, this is how you learn, right? You focus yeah. on one thing and one thing only. You you really gone through your plan and, you know, have a great result and you learn from it. And now you know better, there are more, you know, uh, approaches down the road. Yeah, right. for sure. For so sure. that's, that's, uh, that's move to the next topic. Um, you also mentioned about you, uh, you, you get an MBA. I take it that you did not uh, expect yourself to be a real estate investor initially when you were taking MBA. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, so I got my MBA back in 2009, right? And I got into investing in 2020. So many, many years later. But I, I did have this inkling to learn more about business. And I did start a couple of smaller businesses along the way. So I did have mm-hmm. that entrepreneurial mindset, trying to, again, fill that gap between, right. you know, work and um, full-time job, paycheck, you know, to doing something more independent and more long-term. Like you said, you know, you never know. You're still relying on a company or a job to for that paycheck. And it's not right. going to last forever, right? No. So, um, 
yeah. Um, so the MBA part of it, I think I still can leverage a lot of the stuff that I learned in my MBA sure. here, right? Uh, things like marketing, things like finance, I mean, just general um, stuff like that. I mean, I, I think that's useful. Not that you need an MBA to do real estate investing no. by any no. means. Um, you need the education, however you get it, right? Uh, you need to learn, you need to know what you're doing before you get into it. But um, other than that, you don't really need any yeah. degrees. Yeah. Exactly. And and there's there's uh there's one thing that Robert Kiyosaki has been talking about is that you really need to learn from someone who is actually doing the doing the work, right? Those are right. true teachers. And if you yeah. instead going out to a university and just learn from a, a professor who have never done a deal in the past and right. you learn from them, you end up doing nothing. Right. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. you need to learn from the, the, the real teacher and real teacher is someone who's actively doing it every single day. Absolutely agree. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And, and that's true. Even like for any degree, I think like my computer engineering degree where I learned software, I learned it from a theoretical way and all of that. But till you actually get out in the job market and, and actually oh, start so working, it's you learn. It's a completely different level of learning. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so um, since we touched on your degree, let's uh, talk a little more about the balance, right? Because balance is something that a lot of W2 employees actually struggle. And you have briefly mentioned that you would uh, go check on the projects, you know, after work and whatnot. Um, does that, you know, impact your mindset in a way that you decide to passively invest or invest more passively? Um, or what, whether they change your strategy, whether getting into multifamily or, or, or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so for that first project, you know, I was willing to roll up my sleeves because I looked at it as a learning experience. And once I take something on, I want to see it through. So I, I just had to do what it took. Like literally the last week of the project, I was waking up at 5 a.m., going to check on the project and coming back in time for my 8 a.m. meeting, right? And it was an hour away. It wasn't even close. The, the, the project was a little bit further away. So there were lessons learned there, right? But I wanted to learn um, hands-on because until you actually do it, sometimes you don't know what the reality is, like yeah. what the gotchas are, what questions to ask, you know, what to, you know, what pitfalls to avoid, right? But having been through it now, I know how important it is to help the contractor is so important, what questions to ask and things like that, right? So I think I wanted to learn that hands-on learning. But now that I've learned that, I don't think I want to do it again because it was a lot of work. Yeah. It was a lot of work. And, um, you know, and, I'm, and I might pick and choose projects in the future to fix and flip. But then I, I changed my strategy to rentals because of exactly that, that those are more passive. I don't have to do as much work actively. Maybe in the beginning, a little bit of, fixing or renovating might be needed, but then it's just bringing in that cash flow. And while I'm sleeping and eating and talking to you here, my rentals are making money, right? For me, I'm not working for them mm -hmm. as hard, right? There are maintenance issues and things like that, which you can avoid. I finally hired a property manager this year. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. I reached that point where I was at six rentals in Houston. So I was like, when I got to number six, it was getting too much for me to self-manage. And so I, uh, I took uh, someone's advice there and I'm so glad I did and just outsource that part. Um, Is your life yeah, getting yeah, easier? Say it again. 
is your life getting easier with property? Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. And I think when you only have one property or when you're early on, you just want like all the wealth. Like you don't want to like, Oh, now I'm going to have to pay the property manager. Like I can do that. It's so easy. Right. Like mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And it's fine till you get to a certain point, but when you start scaling, mm -hmm. you know, you do need that extra help. Yeah. Um, so that's made my life easier. Um, that was a big thing that, you know, outsource as much as possible. Um, but yeah, with the multifamily, yes. And so then I did buy another multifamily with a partner um, in in another state in Kentucky, actually. We bought a fourplex and we're still working on converting it into a sixplex. Okay. So the four units are rented out and the basement we're converting to two more units. Nice. And again, I wanted some hands-on experience with multifamily. So it was a small step learned a lot of lessons uh ben you will um, identify with this uh we got copies of the leases from mm -hmm. the four units that were there from the from the seller this was an off-market wholesale deal mm -hmm. um, and my other partner was supposed to be the more experienced one so i didn't even bother i was like okay i'm just gonna right. be the bank on this and let him do the due diligence and everything well none of those uh, renters have paid us rent like the, the seller literally got, and I just went back and looked at the leases. The leases were signed like two weeks before we closed. Wow. So they just anyone to put in there just to get leases to show us um, at closing. Cause we asked, like, we need copies of the lease before we can close. And you so guys didn't recognize that. We didn't recognize, we didn't, we didn't ask for rent rolls. I mean, we didn't get, uh, we didn't get rent rolls or anything of the kind. We didn't bet the uh, tenants or anything. So now it's been six months and we have not collected a dime of rent. Wow. And eviction processes with them. That's cost us thousands and thousands of dollars. So property that was supposed to be cash flowing day one, we were dealing with all these issues, right? That's one. Um, the other thing, I mean, just dealing with a contractor who's converting the basement into two units, we've had a theft. Somebody broke in and took all the plum, like all the wires, all the plumbing that oh, wow. cost us an additional $12,000. Oh, wow. So we're going through a lot of like, and now we're headaches. finally putting cameras, a lot of headaches. Oh my gosh. A lot of headaches. And it's out of state too. Yeah. So it's not like when I can check up on, but again, lessons learned and all that. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think passive investing would be great if you know, the, the only thing I'll say with passive investing someone else's project, right, would be you need to know that that person is going to be uh, successful, Yeah. right? I, I need to know, like, if I'm doing it myself, I have control. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, I know what I'm, I'm going to do, what it takes to, to get it done. Right. right. But, you know, when you're, when you're giving someone else your money, then you're like, ah, you know, I don't Not know. Too sure about it. Yeah. yeah, unless you they've got a track record and you've watched them, you know, work. Yeah, over of course. Yeah. And I, I was going to say that track record is so important that you have to know that this person know what he's doing, and yeah. at the same time, you know that the partners that he has in his team are right. someone who are experienced, know the market, and really get to you know uh, execute a business plan. And and I right. mean, you 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 probably already know, you know, when you're getting to larger multifamily, that is. That is basically the, the game plan, right? You, you, there, there's no way you can walk into every single unit and really, really vet individual units, or mm -hmm. or talk to every person's you know involved in there. But uh, really, the person who help help you put together the system is the is a person, you know, you should you should vet and and, and rely on, right? Right. So yeah, but but I mean, sounds like you're you're uh you're you're getting a, a at least a six unit, right? 
I mean, yeah. eventually, you know, those pain will pass, right? Once, right. once okay. you get those people out and yeah. the conversion are done, you have a cash flow, uh, cash flow cow, right? Yeah, cash for cow. sure. For sure. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it, but it's it's sticking it um, like sticking to the plan or, or staying strong during those ups and downs. The same thing with the flip project. There were a lot of days when things were not working out or whatever. You just got to look at the big picture. Like same thing with this. Calm yourself. Six it's just like, yeah, okay, you know what? I'm not collecting any rent. And uh, oh, by the way, the plumbing needs a $1,000 fix or whatever. But long-term vision, we're going to have a cash flowing property once it's all stabilized. Yeah. So it's just during those times, you need to have that determination to to get right. through it because you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, exactly. And 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 just just a quick uh, recommendation, you know, sometimes we did consider to do the uh, cash flow key, right? Say because you were just saying that you're spending a fortune to evict people, right? Yeah. Sometimes you can talk to them and say, "Why don't Why don't I give you five hundred bucks and you move out tomorrow?" Mm. And that I mean that yeah. way first they won't move back on. I mean they they won't move back in. And seconds, you don't need to hire an attorney and wait, right? It's win-win for everybody. Okay, good tip. Good tip. Yeah. I will keep that in my tool belt to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you need I to be have... careful. There's a contract. You ideally you want to sign with them, and don't give out, don't give away money until they you really see the units is vacant, right? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But Good you know, day. those are those are in, in, interesting thought, and and I I I've been dealing with uh, class C uh, property in the past, so I I also yeah. I also learned in a hard way. Hard way. <laughs> and this was like this is a class C property in a class C neighborhood, so like oh. that break in and all the security aspects and all of that, because I only looked at the numbers. See, that's the other yeah. thing. Like you just look at the numbers and not the reality. Uh, it's a different story. Awesome. Um, uh, Chikat, so um, we we uh, have been covering a lot of topics today. How can people find you? Good question. Um, so I am on, uh, let me see, I am on social media. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I just created a new Facebook profile. It's called my, uh, Ruchika DS Investments. So that's kind of my Facebook mm -hmm. profile and also my YouTube channel, mm -hmm. which doesn't have a lot of content yet, but hopefully I can yeah, start adding. Your, your, uh, as your journey, you know, um, drag along, you'll have more content in. For sure. Yeah, um, for sure. So uh, before we wrap up today, is there any finals, you know, uh, word that you would like to share with our audience? Yeah, if, if your audience is, if, if you're watching and you're new to real estate, right? Uh, some of the things I already told you about, like education plus action, right? Plus, I think there's another factor, commitment. So make sure this is for you. You're not just getting shiny object syndrome that everyone's doing real estate. So I want to do real estate. Like be ready to put in that sweat work and that sweat equity uh, and effort into it. It's not going to be easy, but you need to. And that's why it's important that you enjoy what you're doing, right? Because yeah. it's it's, it's going to be challenging at times. And um, so, but yeah, action is a big part of it. Take small action. Uh, and when you see that first success, that's what's going to keep you motivated. So um, yeah, that would be I awesome. would wish everyone all the best on the, in their real estate journey. Yeah. And um, for those seasoned investors, you guys know what you're doing. Keep adding more tools in your tool belt. 
Yeah. Uh, there's always so much to learn. I think even after years and years in this field, there's still something new. For Benjamin, sure. I'm sure you can attest to that. that you learn, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so there's there's um, there's there's always way for you to learn the easier way or harder way. But no matter what, you, you know, keep moving forward. And like you said, action is a huge piece. For sure. This. All right, Chika, I really appreciate you coming on to our show today. Um, and if you're listening, uh, if you and you have if you have not taken any actions, really, when it got got to a certain point, you learn not to take action. In twenty twenty three, there will be a lot of opportunity coming up, and I hope you don't miss it. Um, and uh, if you have been tuning in, um, you should be learning all kind of informations and what's the market is going to 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 trend you know in the near future um otherwise i'll see you in the next episode thank you thanks benjamin